Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, what's going on? Welcome to the Five Yard IDP pod with me, Nate Davis. Today we will be reviewing week 15 and getting you ready for week 16. I can't believe it's Christmas week, but here we go. Hopefully, you've all had a good week and progressed in your fantasy playoffs, and hopefully the COVID-riddled week didn't screw you over too much. Um, unfortunately, guys, I think we're in for another screwed-up week. Eh? The Chiefs have already been hit hard, and oh, yeah. But hopefully, most of those are vaccinated, so they should still have a shot of playing. Anyway, if you don't already, please tune into our flagship Dynasty College and DFS shows as they will help you now and in the future bring in those ships. Mr. Veal, how are you? Good week? Yeah, I, I noticed it was Christmas. Um, really? No, no, it just snuck up on me. Um, <laughs> you love that. Yeah, um, good week. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the games were not classics by any stretch but I think that was indicative of teams just making do and we'll we'll get into that obviously as we go through the pod um fancy wise uh well the good news is I've got through in our Ray Lewis league and you and I are going to meet in round two 
Yeah, you had a good um, week. I saw. So you... I, just fair warning, I did top score this week in the league as yeah. well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm coming to get you. Um, yeah, not not too good in sort of Lawrence Taylor, but um, so focus on no. the positives. But uh, yeah, I'm out in that one. I, I had a I, I had a pretty. It was a pretty bad week. I got a lot of Brady, and I got a lot of. Uh, There's quite a few players as well that just didn't. Um, didn't show up at all, and there was some I, I, I think shocking Roster, performances. Yeah, but I mean, hey, like the pros, roster management in fantasy at the moment is it, it's carnage. It, you know, you really are looking at it sort of minute to minute and just doing the best you can. So if you've had a good weekend, fair play. Um, mm. You know, just um, so uh, so yeah, we'll see what. Right. Uh... right, I better do. I'll do the bit. I'll do the bit. I've got to do every week. I've this pod and others we do are supported by Manscaped. As you all know, Manscaped are our sponsors and they are the market leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've just released the Lawnmower 4.0, which is a fantastic bit of kit. One of the best things about it is the skin-safe technology, so you get no nicks on your bits. And you can receive 20% off with the code 5YARD at manscaped.com. It really is a game-changer in that area, and you're missing out if you do not have one. As I said, you can get 20% off with the code 5YARD at manscaped.com. There's also free worldwide shipping, so sort yourself out and get involved. So, let's kick it off. It's me and the Thursday night game. Uh, 49ers at Titans. So, up front, the 49ers are rotating their pass rush. Um, and in week 15, that was apparent where Arden Key, Nick Bosa, Samson, Abukum all got to Matt Ryan in the 31-13 win against the Falcons. Um, Fred Warner, he top scored and played like an absolute tackle machine. Um, it was... I re- it was a decent, decent performance by the 49ers. I really like the 49ers this moment. Um, it's nice to see them at some form, but this is going to be a tough one against Tennessee. Just a note as well for the for nine for for the Niners. Al Shahir he missed last week, but he should be back this week. Um, and he's he's actually my pick this week to top score um, from the linebackers. Going over to the Titans, their D is elite. Um, and have put up some really good numbers throughout the season. However, it wasn't a bit big scoring week in week 15. Um, it wasn't good points offensively or defensively when looking at the Titans. It was a low-scoring loss against the, St- um, against the Steelers. The Titans did shut down the running game from the Steelers, so it would be tough, tough sledding for the Niners. Looking at the game as a whole, it's a tough one to call for me. I fancy the 49ers offense and I think Jimmy G is playing well, but will the Titans do a job on them? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Titans. I'm going to go Titans on the game. Um, I think, yeah, I think they'll stifle the Niners. And I fancy, I fancy a decent score for the 49ers linebackers and their pass rushers. Tannehill, you know what he's like. He will take a sack or three. Um, but I'm not highlighting anywhere else. That's why I haven't gone on about it because there's no point in talking about what DBs have done if they don't think they're going to be really relevant in this game. I'm not quite sure who the wide receivers are going to be again. They're saying that AJ Brown might be back, um, but it's more likely to me that, that Tannehill will be uh, you know, we'll take a sack or two and they will run the hell out of the ball. So I expect, like I said, I expect it to be tight up front and um, the linebackers' <clears throat> points will be for the Niners. So there we go. What do you reckon, Brian? How are you calling that one? 
don't know. I, I, I like the Niners at the moment. You know, as you say, they they seem to be sort of rolling into a bit of form. Um, the Titans. Or I got caught with this the other week because I said, "Well, they find a way to win," and and they didn't. But I don't know. They're they're just one of those. They seem to be coming, or are becoming one of those sort of postseason teams. They they will just get there. Um, yeah, and they'll they'll do whatever they need to do, and and then they tend to fall apart in the postseason, unfortunately. So it was I, an I, interesting I, game against the Steelers. I felt that it was it was quite it's one of those games. It's, I actually quite enjoyed the watch really because both teams seem to quite put put each other under quite a lot of pressure and concentrate on neutralising the other one rather than uh, scoring. You know what I mean? Offensively, it was it was like the stop. We'll stop. Yeah. We'll stop what they're doing first. <clears throat> And then we'll we'll try and outscore them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you have those games sometimes where you go they're they're that busy watching about what the the opponents are going to do rather than go out and play their own game. And I think yeah, yeah. you're right. That that's probably a classic. God, it was it was hard. It was a hard. It was a hard watch, and it was a hard not, fought not game. Pretty, but tactically, you know, yeah, interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's not going to make um, top of game passes list anytime soon. Uh, I I say the Titans probably shade it. Yeah, yeah. So. Want to make, I've got you, you're next, you're in the Christmas Day ones, I think. Uh, yeah, Browns yeah, first Packers. one. So, Browns at the Packers. So, Browns, okay, they lost to a Raiders team that I said last week has sort of given up and, you know, we're just waiting for the end of the season. Well, that's, you know, this season. Um, but to be fair, I mean, they went into the game missing eight starters. So, you know, come on, and, and Nick Mullins under centre. So, uh, top IDP performers for the Brownies. Um we are going to mention quite a few people today that, you know, we won't have touched on most of the season as, as with last week. So um, top scorer for the Browns, um, safety MJ Stewart, 21 points, um, corner Greedy Williams, 15, uh, linebacker uh, Karamoa, sort of 13 points. Um, DLs, you know, Sheldon Day, Joe Jackson, you know, both crept into double figures. So, you know, there were some decent numbers around sort of fantasy-wise for the Browns. Packers, um, well, they've clinched the NFC North title for the third year in a row. Uh, tight win over the Ravens. Um, top IDP, sort of week 15 performers. Uh, Devondre Campbell, linebacker, 22.5 points. Second sack of the season. Um, elsewhere, the other top scorers all came in the DBs. Um, uh, safety, Adrian Amos, someone we've mentioned quite a lot, sort of 14 and a half points. And then the two corners, Eric Stotes and, and Russell Douglas, you know, both you know, scored sort of reasonably well. So um, in terms of the matchup, assuming both teams are somewhere close to full strength, um, that's taken a bit of a leap of faith at the moment. But on paper, this is this should be a good defensive clash. Um Against the pass this season, you look at the Browns ranking eighth, Packers ninth. Um, against the run, Browns ninth, Packers eleventh. So there's still there are still on paper two good D's there. Um, as far as the Browns go, with the exception of sort of fifteen sack Miles Garrett and watch Garrett. You know he, he did play or he started Sunday with a groin injury. Um, I think it will take more than a strain to keep him out of um, uh, this weekend's game, but. Garrett side, you know, the Browns have, uh, they've got linebacker Anthony Walker back. Um, you know, he's got 18, uh, 85 tackles off nine, just nine games this season. He's got to be a must start if you've got him on the roster. Um, also a linebacker, Karamoa, I would expect to be busy enough to rack up sort of double figures against, uh, again this season. Um, and if he does it, you know, it'll be the fifth game in a row. So he's putting up some consistent numbers. 
I would stay clear of the Browns DBs this week uh, for a kickoff. The two top scorers from last week, they ain't going to do that very often. You know, let's be honest about it. Um, tackle numbers for the safeties are okay. And I guess, yes, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you'd, you'd expect to sort of throw it around, but you could look at a John Johnson or a Denzel Ward. But, you know, bear in mind, Aaron Rodgers has only thrown four picks all season. There's just not enough value in the, the DBs for the, the Browns against this Packers sort of offense. Um, moving over to Green Bay, well, you know, we expect the Browns to lean on the run game as always. So, you know, straight away you're looking at the front seven for the Packers. Uh, Devondre Campbell's a no-brainer, you know, 125 tackles on the season already. Um, I like Rashawn Gary in this matchup. Um, you know, again, partly because you can play him at DL. He's one of those sort of flexible players on sleeper. His tackle numbers aren't great, but he is the Packers sort of sack leader at the moment, six and a half, and Baker is, you know, top ten in the sack chart. So, and at DB, I like safety. You know, Adrian Amos. You know, his his tackle numbers are good, seventy nine on the season, a couple of picks. Um, an outside wave of pick possibly for Green Bay in this matchup, and it would be the DB, and I have mentioned him. It would be corner Razzle Douglas. Um, I expect the Packers to win the game. And I expect them, to, you know, they'll be looking to try and bag this number one seed in the NFC. So I expect the Browns at some point to be chasing the game as we've seen in matchups like this before. And, you know, Baker being forced to throw. Douglas has got three picks. Uh, he's got a couple of IDP TDs off the back of that. He's got 10 passes defended. Um, plus, you know, he's picked up over 60 IDP points in his last three games. So... You know, and currently he's ranking sleepers sort of number four corner. So if there was an outside pick at, on either side, that would probably be it for me. Um, some in the game up, Packers win. I still think they're too strong for this Browns team. Even with players coming back, I still think the Browns have got inconsistency issues. So, um, and the Green Bay want that number one seed. So, yeah, I'm going to play safe and go with the Packers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I, I got Packers. I mean, they look to me they're, they're the most assured team in the NFL at this moment. They're the ones out of anyone that you probably know. We've probably said it. They're probably going loose. Um, but uh, but you know what I mean. So far, everyone else seems to be. I don't know. It's all over the place. I'm going to go on to one of them now. Um, and that's going to be the cards. But so um, yeah, this game, right? Colts at cards. Now, I'm going to start with the Colts. And I absolutely loved the Colts Pats game in week 15. Absolutely loved it. And it was a less it was a lesson in defensive pressure. Straight away I was on Twitter, we were chatting away about various different things. And it was all about um really the Colts game plan coming together and the Pats game plan where they just they didn't have a plan B really. They um so I sort of talk if I talk you I'll talk you through how that sort of went really. So with regard to Pats, what they does what they want to do is they want to run the ball straight down the throat and um then they'll use so they use like Ramondre Stevenson to go straight down the middle pretty much, and then they'll try and get to the edge with people like Bolden and a few others, maybe some jet sweeps and stuff like that, just to try and get to the edge. And what the Colts did is they were really strong up front. They stopped that run, that those the couple like the two yards here, three yards there. They just didn't get them. So then they pushed to the edge, and they were so quick. The linebackers were lightning and safeties. Um. I'll mention him in a minute, but 
absolute speed of the linebackers getting to the edge. I mean, they still, a lot of the time when they actually did get to the edge, they ran out, didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. It was like that, that field was just covered. Um, and it forced, it forced Matt Jones to, to, you know, throw, throw uh, on, on third and six, third and eight sort of yardage, which is what they just didn't want to do. And that's definitely not the game plan. One, the Colts, Obviously, they rely heavily on their run game, and um, that O line of the Colts is something to worship. That is just quality. I mean, I I know Jonathan Taylor is an elite back, but I mean, God, the O line creates those lanes for him. And I tell you what, they that was the problem. And you know, the Colts got there two yards, three yards, four yards every sort of play. And the Pats didn't. And that was really, and it was just down to that, like I said, the speed of the linebackers and, um, yeah, just being extremely strong up front. So, yeah, that was that was kind of the, the game plan and how it all went. When you talk about the players that the Colts really, Darius Leonard top scored and he went off on one. Um, the other two I was going to mention, Bobby Okariki, he didn't actually score too well, but he was he was excellent. Um, and veteran safety, Andre, Andrew Senejo, who is he's like an unsung sung hero, really, but he's absolutely lightning and he just flies around. Um, and like I said, and it was just you could see the Pats getting more and more frustrated because they couldn't get that short yardage to sort of take that pressure off. They were constantly on the back foot, and even when they seemed to think they'd done their job, they just didn't they just didn't get enough yardage. Um other players to mention from the Colts, DBs, Kenny Moore, um, Kari Willis, they all played well. And again, that that sort of played into that sort of plan B approach because when Mac had to throw it, Moore and Willis were lapping it up. They absolutely loved it. They were tackling like crazy and, yeah, you know, getting their hands in and just causing havoc. Um, so Leonard top scored 31 points, one interception, one forced fumble, one pass defended and 10 tackles. Virtually a full set from him. He was just awesome. Um, Kenny Moore, 18.5 points. Kari Willis, 15.5 points. I know Kariki, 13.5 points. Um, but yeah, that just summed up a really good performance by the Colts defensively. I thought they were lights out, really. Um, over to the Cardinals. And it's a complete flip because um, it was an embarrassing defeat to the Lions for me. Um, Detroit ran all over them. That was the bit I couldn't get my head around. Um yeah, and, and and with unknown backs as well, which going into this game is is scary because Jonathan Taylor, if they play like that, he's gonna have an absolute field day. So I mean they've got to sort it out and they've got to sort it out quickly. Also, even going after not just not just talking about the run game, I mean I thought it was pretty soft coverage at times from the secondary, um, in just giving up just plays and I, I didn't. It didn't look like it didn't look like the cards D that we've seen this year. Really, um, they just were off it. And yeah, I mean Detroit were great, but they they shouldn't have been allowed to do it. They just shouldn't have been allowed to do it. And that's the the fact of the the matter, really. Um, so matchup wise, in this, um, you're going to have to like both linebackers from the Colts. I like both of them again. Um, because, like I said, they're, 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 I can't see them playing any different to the way they played last week. Um, Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. 
Uh, I like uh, who else? I've said about Kenny Moore at DB. I like Marcus Golden. He's he's, he's got to be a must start as well. Um, apart from that, I wouldn't really particularly go anywhere else. Um, yeah, I, I just match prediction. I'll go straight to that. I've got I've got to go all in on the Colts. Um, I can't see the I can't see the cards disrupting this immense Colts O line, and therefore they won't be able to stop Jonathan Taylor um, unless something miraculous happens. And no, I just, I just can't see it. So yes, yeah, it's, it's Colts for me. Well, unless Taylor gets COVID in the next couple of days. Um, well, <laughs> so, 50, 50. Yeah. Moment. You can't rule it out, but um, yeah, I think, um, and I'm not surprised. Um, I, I sort of expected you coming into the pod to, to really sort of focus on that, that sort of Saturday night game. Um, because how could you not? I mean, we've banged on for the last few weeks about, you know, how much confidence we we both had, you know, despite my Miami heritage and this sort of Patriots defence. And they just, you know, they, they seemed not unstoppable, but just so well drilled. And and like you said, for the O-line to hold that at bay and for JT to run all over them. And, you know, Wentz didn't really have to do anything, really. And, and you know, and... So, and yeah, the cards, well, I'm going to talk about the lines again shortly, but it was, that was poor. You yeah. know, when you got the Rams breathing down your neck, you can't turn in a performance like that. Not if you want to be taken seriously. No, um, I mean, obviously we don't really talk about too much on the offensive side, but no. Kyler looks, I just, it just looked a little bit lost in what he was, what he was doing and just the choices that he made at the wrong kind of times. I thought they were running the ball when they shouldn't have been yeah. potentially running the ball. They should have been doing something a bit more creative with it. And I don't know. I don't know. Just didn't. I, I, I don't I mean, like, I mean, you know, basically you know they, they, they played into the hands of, as we've touched on a, a very competent Colts defense, really in a way, you know, they, they made it quite easy for him in, in some respects. So, um, but um, or they, you know, they're in danger of playing into a, you know, the hands of a, a sort of Colts defense because, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, they, yeah, like you say, they turn in a performance like that, and it, it's going to be, you know, how can you not be all in on the Colts? But I wouldn't be surprised if you know the cards turn. I, I am going to well, go with the Colts. I am going to side with you definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we can. I, I think, I mean, if it, if it does turn around and it does change, then it, it changes because they sort themselves out. But I mean, just off just off watching that, you just can't. I mean, the 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 Pats are more well drilled at the moment. I know what they're all about than 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 the Cards. So I don't. I just I just really worry for them in this. I and I Taylor Taylor could be he could be really it could be. It could be big this week again. It could be like what happened to the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're next, and you oh, you got the you know, it's the Lions at Falcons. I, I'm going to Lions, but before I do that, I'm gonna one second. I've got to take this thing off because I'm absolutely roasting in this. Oh my god! <laughs> Here he is, bold as a coot. God, that's that's better. Bloody hell! There we go. You see myself in the camera going a funny shade of crimson. Right, it's too warm in here. So, yeah, um, I'm going to move on to the Lions at the Falcons. So, um, okay, so on the last pod, I said the Falcons deserve credit for, you know, still being in the wildcard hunt, uh, despite limited sort of offensive options at the moment. And, yeah, you know, I was trying to sort of give them the, a bit of a shout out. And um, 
then they turn in a sort of 31-13 loss at the Niners. Now, we've already touched on, you know, the Niners in a bit of a groove at the moment, but the Falcons were poor. Um, top IDP performers, slim pickings. Uh, Foyce had a Luke on at linebacker. Yep, someone we mentioned sort of week in, week out, 13, even that, it's only 13 and a half points, all tackles, adding to his 152 on the season. Uh, at a real stretch, at DBAJ Terrell. That's it. That's that's kind of it on the Falcons. Um, as I say, it was it was a poor performance. Pretty much kills off their sort of wild card hunt sort of chances. On the Lions, we've already sort of just touched on this, but you know, to be fair, I don't think anyone saw that thirty to twelve scoreline come in. I don't care how bonkers the season's been. Um, and the defense did a proper number on on you know this ten win Cardinals team. Uh, top performers, um, Charlie Harris. 37 points, um, one and a half sacks, two QB hits, three tackles for a loss. Uh, a DB, oh, I've been practicing this one because um, we haven't mentioned him very often. Amani Oruwarike. No, he's not Oruwarike. Oruwarike. There we go. Uh, Oruwarike. So, no, so, yeah, man. I even it's wrote it down phonetically. Yeah, but, but I mean, he got 19 points, but he had that lovely sort of diving pick as well in the game. So, um, yeah. but he, he scored well. Um, elsewhere at DB, uh, AJ Parker, 15 points. And at linebacker, uh, Jalen Reeves-Maben uh, went into double figures at 13. Matchup-wise, as usual, the Falcons' value has to be at linebacker. Uh, no great sort of shakes there. Uh, Dion Jones, Forsade Lucon, uh, you yeah. know, Fairly safe picks. An outside pick for me this week uh, would possibly be Dante Fowler. Uh, yeah, I know his fantasy scores are a little erratic. Uh, his snap count is way lower than sort of Jones and Lucon. But despite missing three games on the season, he's still the Falcon sack leader with four and a half going up against the fourth most sack QB in the league. Um, plus, again, he's another one of those sort of LBs that you can slot in at um, defensive line. Um the main reason I like this as an IDP matchup and didn't want to skip over it is that in theory, these teams still have two pretty poor offences. Yeah. Uh, so the D should be busy, uh, both primarily at DL and, and sort of linebacker. Um, the Falcons, because I think the Lions will, and Nathan's already touched on it, try and enforce that grand game that seemed to work so well against the Cardinals. The Lions, I expect them to try and do what most other teams have done against Falcons, and that will be smother Kyle Pitts. Um, so moving on to the Lions, and if you're looking for pickups in the playoffs, late in the day in this banged-up, COVID-riddled stage of the season, um, here we go, because let's face it, most of these guys are going to be out there, as we've said before. Uh, DB, you know, you can have a look at you know, the safety, Tracy Walker coming back into the mix for the Lions this weekend. Um, secondary, as I've said, are going to be worried about Pitts and Walker is the Lions' joint highest tackler on the season. They've also got linebacker um, Alex Antoloni coming back. Mentioned him before, he's had a good season and a bad team. Um, he's good for double fantasy figures whenever he's fits. Um, you know, and word is, he, you know, he should be back for Sunday. So, and... Charles Harris. I mean, I mentioned him yeah. sort of half joking a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, let's just review. I mean, he's had a monster week in, in week 15. Obviously, he's trending up. He's the Lions sack leader now with seven and a half. Uh, Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan has been stuffed 
29 times this season. Um, and again, he's another one of those linebackers that you can slot in at, at sort of DL on sleeper. So I think you could do an awful lot worse if, if you are short in you know DL or, or linebacker. But if you can play him at DL, happy days. I'd written in my summary earlier, so I did the notes for this um, on Monday evening. I was going to go with the Falcons because they've got something to play for. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm going to actually, I've had a, a day or two to think about it. And I'm, I, I am going to go for the Lions because the Falcons had something to play for this weekend and they turned in a, a pretty mediocre performance. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a punt on the Lions because it, it doesn't really matter. I think there's some IDP value there from the Lions if you're, you're short, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a punt on the Lions. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Falcons on this one, but it's just it, it's it's just the fact that I just think they're just slightly the better side. They're well, they are they are the better side on paper, definitely. Um, yeah, but but yeah, you, which team's the most with it at the moment? Probably the Lions. I don't I don't know. It again. I, I probably if 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 it was at the Lions, I think I, I probably. Yeah, I I would go with them. I think I I fancy that when that Craig gets be, behind them, especially now they think they're on a. It was quite electric. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, interesting to see. But I'm going to go Falcons. You go, you go Lions. I'll I'm, make I'm going to take a punt on Detroit. <laughs> so I, my next game was the Bucks at Panthers, but I'm skipping that one. Um, uh, no real reason, just to the fact that. Um, yeah, I just I just see it as a Bucks win. I see, yeah, there, there, there's we'd be saying the same things in this kind of matchup. They would be, you know, you're gonna have to look at starting those Bucks uh, pass rush um, and even the DBs potentially because I just I just read Matt Rule. It's it's just come out. The Panthers have just said that Cam Newton will start, but but Sam Darnold will play at some point I don't know what that means and I don't know why you'd bother saying that or even I don't understand really what they're doing but but again if they're going to mix up and change their quarterbacks out then well I mean I mean potentially for the Panthers this weekend I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see three different QBs you know in in various quarters I mean it's just that bonkers there at the moment so it's it's crazy because the, the thing is with any kind of QB as well I mean you know you look at it from the fact that you've got a you've got a game plan based on but all of these guys are potentially in the market window. Okay, you say PJ Walker's not really, but he, but he probably is as a backup for somebody else potentially, or or to you know to enhance his career at the Panthers. And then you've got Cam. Well, you know he wants to save face anyway because he's that kind of guy. And then you've got Sam Darnold, who you know he's going to be trying to prove that he's still a franchise quarterback. Um, so all these guys, you know, once they're on the field, what they, they're going to try, I mean, they can't, how can you not help but try and force something that probably isn't going to be on against the Bucks? Yeah. Out of all those teams to be pissing around at, you don't want to be doing it against them. I know they had a, I know they had an awful week last week um, and it was a well-managed, game-managed by the Saints. That 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 was really what it what it came down to. Um but but they're still the Bucks and you know what a what a fixture to bounce back with. Um I'm sure they will as well, even if they haven't got many starting wide receivers. But there we go. Um 
Okay, so now I am Giants at Eagles. Right, so if I start with the Eagles, um, they were impressive. I thought they were impressive against Washington. It was a funny game to um, review. It felt like always, apart from uh, they took they took a while to get going. Um, they were 10 points down, I think, at the end of the first quarter. Um, they didn't really get their run game going, and then it kicked in. Um, and, yeah, and then at that point then, I felt that the Eagles, since they started to come back into it, then they got in front, and then they looked completely solid and, and in control of the game. Um, the D was very good in most areas especially up front and at middle linebacker where TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton both played well, actually. Um, even though Washington had standing QB, they still made a bit of a game of it. But Philly, like I said, Philly, I felt Philly were in control from, from pretty much the second quarter. As soon as they started scoring, it just felt like that um, you're watching a game where Washington hadn't taken full advantage of you know they they needed to be a couple of scores in front because they were going to come back and they were going to come back fast and they did um points wise in week 15 Fletcher Cox top scored he got 1.5 sacks and he's a must start in this one for me um uh, in this matchup TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton both over 15 points and they're both again good starts in this matchup against the Giants um they got decent tackle numbers, both of them. And it's those three that they're, they're the three that I would look at Cox, Singleton, and um, TJ Edwards. So now Philly, and now Philly, Philly suddenly they're running the hell out of the ball. Oh, well, they have been kind of all season, but they've got Miles Sanders back and he played particularly well um, uh, the other night. Or was it last night? I can't even remember now. It was all these, all these. We just seem to have football on every night. So sometime yeah. in the last four days. That's, yeah, that's well, they played right. sometime. Yeah, they, they I've watched the game twice. In the last so. four days. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's crazy. Um, Basically, yeah, playing now, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Philly are running the hell out of the ball. Like I said, they're averaging between thirty and forty carries per game. So, so expect that to happen in this one. So with that in mind, you know, and obviously. You've got Jalen Hurts as well. And Jalen Hurts will take the odd sack when the pocket clock um, closes around him. He's happy to take the sack. Uh, so with that in mind, I fancy Lorenzo Carter and Ty Crowder, who both had really good weeks in week 15 points-wise for the Giants. Um, and I expect, I can't see why they wouldn't both contribute well this week. Um, the Giants lost 21-6 against Dallas. They didn't really play well as a unit. Um, they gave up a lot of yard, yardage over the middle. Um, but, yeah, it's a, a tough one to call because this would be a different game. Um, it would be a very different game. And I, th- I think it would be a lot tighter, this one. But I, I do think... I. Do you think IDP wise, this is this is one to sort of highlight potentially? Um, DB wise, Julian Love and Logan Ryan they scored well, um, but for me the big play points will come from Philly. Is Mike Glennon? He looked dodgy, I thought, under centre. He, he threw a fair old few wobblers in there, and um, I, I know it was against the Dallas D, which we know we keep going on about. But I'll tell you what, the Eagles, the Eagles when they're on it. They do bring some serious pressure, and they did. They did. I thought they were they were a handful, pretty much all game, um, especially up front. As for the game, I'm going Eagles, and I, I think they I think they might win this one comfortably if if 
again barring it's all on fitness but but yeah, yeah. i thought i thought the eagles were I, I thought the eagles were quite impressive actually yeah it's it's and philly are one of these teams that um i i've wanted to be and you know i've wanted to be more positive about them and every week i have been they've sort of reverted to type and but they're in the mix and like you yeah. said they, they've got this this grand game going now um they're, they're funny fans though, Philly. I mean, they, they just, you know, it, once you get that grand game going, the fans do seem to get behind them. And um, I was listening to uh, John Gonzalez on one of the pods this morning. who's a big Philly fan. And, you know, he, he was saying, yeah, he said, yeah, there's something wrong with us as, as a collective. You know, as long as we've run the ball, that's fine. But we still, you know, even if we've got a good sort of potential QB, they want to get behind sort of the backup QB and, and sort of, you know, guard them anyway. But so... Yeah, I mean, Philly, I think, will be comfortable in this. Um, Saquon had a few flashes. He did. Last game, and, uh, but... Booker, and Booker played well. Yeah, he, he yeah he did. But, but you're right. I mean, Glennon, yeah. And if he's going to sort of throw iffy things over over the middle then, and you've got linebackers like, you know, Alex and, and TJ there, then, yeah, I expect Philly to be all over this. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be fairly comfortable for him. Okay. Ravens and Bengals. I got you. Ravens at the Bengals. So Ravens off the back of a tough uh, loss, thirty-one thirty to the Packers. So mm. that drops them to eight and six, uh, just below the eight and six Bengals. Uh, and this is a wide open FC North affair at the moment. Um, credit the Ravens, though. You know they seriously banged up uh, both sides of the ball. So I know there's a lot of criticism over the the you know the end in the game with that sort of you know two point call, but yeah, they just couldn't afford really to go into OT. So, um, top IDP performers, Patrick Queen, again, you know, don't need to say too much about him. 18 and a half points, all tackles. Um, after a slow start, that's putting him on 83 total tackles for the season. Also at linebacker, uh, Josh Bynes had a decent week, 16 and a half points, including his second sack of the season. Bengals um, had a crucial, if somewhat unattractive win. 15-10 over the Broncos. Uh, takes them top of the division, but only just. Uh, top performers, someone else we've mentioned before, linebacker Jermaine Pratt, who is sort of floating around on a few waivers. Um, 23 points, 15 tackles. Um, Larry Okunjobi, uh 18 points, uh, one and a half sacks. And also at DL, uh, Khalid Kareem had a sort of half-decent game at sort of 14 points. So, the matchup. We expect some Wilson. Is Logan Wilson back this week? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is back. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, so, um, so looking at the Ravens D this week, um, once again they're they're going to be looking at the QB they're facing. I mean Joe Burrow. Um, you know he's going into this crucial matchup, and he's you know this is for top spot in the AFC North. Um, and, you know, still picked, uh, you know, he's still the most sacked and, and sort of picked QB in the league. So outside of that, um, you know, outside of the top tackling sort of Patrick Queen, someone else we've mentioned before, at linebacker, Tyus Bowser. Um, I know Josh Bynes scored uh, way better on Sunday, but Bowser is currently the Ravens sack leader. And if you're after a big play this weekend, he's probably the linebacker that's likely to come up with it. Also, 
with all the injuries in the secondary, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, corner Anthony Averett's notched up a pick this Sunday. Um, to me, if if you're after a gamble in the, the secondary, then, you know, with Marlon Humphreys out, then, you know. But um, looking at the Bengals, who should be all being well, should be facing up against Lamar Jackson. Um, but to be honest with his Bengals front line, I don't really give a shit. You know, I don't think they give a shit about who's at QB. I mean, they'll they'll just go out there and try and sack him, basically. So, um, as Nate's mentioned, I mean, you know, the good news is that, um, you know, they're going to have sort of Logan Wilson back. Um, you know, it's, it's... I mean, the good news for the for Bengals fans, I mean, only Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill and their own Joe Burrow have been sacked more times this season than Lamar Jackson, um, who's currently on 38 for the season. So, DL must starts... Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. Um, but if you are short of DL, I have found uh, Larry Okunjobi on several waivers, which I've got to be honest, does surprise me. I mean, he's had three good fantasy weeks. He's got good tackle numbers. You know, he's got seven sacks on the season. Um, you know, I, I would slot him in. It's a great you, matchup it, on this one. You know, he's someone we mentioned quite frequently. So, oh. and yeah, as Nate says in the matchup, um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, linebacker Wilson's going to be back. Again, another sort of readily available waiver surprise for me is is Jermaine Pratt. I mean, you know, he's he's posted 53.5 points in fantasy last three weeks. Um, you know, he's racked up 85 tackles on the season. I mean, I, I do, especially in sort of, you know, larger leagues, I am struggling to understand why he's still out there. But yeah. I'd have no problem slotting him in this week. You know, if you're short, yeah. The only the only concern is the Wilson is Wilson being back and how much it cuts into. Yeah, it it lead into his his snap count, no doubt. But he's still Um, been good. He's still been good anyway. So, um, uh, DBs stick with the top safety. You know, in terms of tackle numbers, really, uh, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Yeah. Um, So, summing the game up, um, I know I've done this before. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Okay. I know they've let me down before. Um, I know they're a flawed team, especially on offense. Well, no, they're a flawed team on offense. I think their defense is good. You know, we've yeah. said this all season. Um, and I, I, I still think Baltimore are going to roll into this game missing a few key players. So, um, yeah. as I say, they've let me down before. But, you know, I, I like the Bengals. They've been fun to watch like a couple of other teams this season. Um, so, yeah. See my my call on this. I, I don't know when I like. I don't know what mood I was when I picked all these ones, these games to to pick. But I've kind of gone quite safe. I've just looked at a lot of it, and I've because I, I would like the Ravens to win this game, but um, not the Ravens. Sorry, I would like the Bengals to win this game, but I've gone Ravens. Um, I think it's just because, like you said, we've just been when we have um, gone on about the Bengals, then Burrow's just. You know, at that week where he's just let let us down. I mean, for me, it is that time of year where you do start um, holding a grudge on players that have let you let you down slightly. And it's like no, no, no. Me... I I start I started this with Shaq Barrett and the Tampa defense like <laughs> yeah. four weeks ago. So it's not no. But I mine did would it. be I, I started well before Thanksgiving. I think but... mine would be like like Jamar Chase potentially as well because Chase started particularly well this year. And then you sort of like go all in on him. And then it's been really hit and miss, especially the last few weeks um, with with Burrow. And yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, 
it's I thought the Ravens done enough against the Packers for me to say they're still a good they're still a good side. If the Packers had blown them out, I'd have I'd have been like, okay, with Lamar right. But actually they were they were not unlucky, but they were right there. Um yeah, so so I'm gonna go Ravens in this one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go that and just but then Bengals might go off on one because they did. They beat him, didn't they? Go and beat him in, earlier on in the season, big as well. Bengals did. Uh, uh, it was before the bye, wasn't it? I mentioned yeah. it a couple of weeks ago. So I'm um, sure they did early doors. I can't yeah, remember. I, it was a it was a Burrow big game. He just he just yeah. went he just went went crazy. Andrew Marche. I mean, when, I mean, if you're a Bengals fan, as my daughter's been daft enough to decide to be, yeah, you know, they drive you mad. But as a mm. neutral. Great fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, uh, they are because when it's to... right, it's you know. Yeah. I do think the Mixon injury or like the, that definitely seems That's to. And then hurt you, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 you've had obviously Burrow hasn't been a you know they had the finger thing. I just generally, I just think that they, they just suffered a little bit more. Um, you know, when everybody's potentially healthy, then I think they they've got that they've got that team on paper and that they can put it together when everything's right. It's mm-hmm. very good. But one, you know, missing one player or half a player, that, it just shows they've got no real depth for me in there, you no, know, the, the, or I where else still, to go. Still a work I mean, in progress, still a young team. Of course so, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it just sort of like highlights it, doesn't it, at the moment. And, and picking them against the Ravens is, is, is difficult for me at this moment in time. But hopefully they will. Hopefully they will. Right. Okay, so I'm on to another one that I'm going to skip. And I'm... I'm skipping the Chargers at Texans. Again, no real reason. Just, again, we'd be saying, for me, saying very much the same things as is said before. There's nothing really highlighted uh, that stands out to me that says um, you should be playing a player or shouldn't be playing a player, apart from the obvious, you know, your obvious players at this moment in time. Um, I fancy the Chargers to win it. Uh, yeah, that's... There's not much really. I, I would say you don't know what Texans you're going to kind of get as well at this moment in time. They played quite well at the weekend, um, and yeah, you know that. But but yeah, Chargers for me. They're uh, they're they're on a bit of a mission to get everything right. The Chargers. They need to keep Eckler fit. I don't know whether he's going or not this week. But what do you reckon? Uh, well, I'm not picking the Texans, so um, you know, yeah. pick the bones out of that. Yeah. Okay. So you you got Jags at Jets, but you're skipping that one, aren't you? I well, yeah. Unsurprisingly, yes. Um, Jags and Jets. Um, Battle for the first round, right. first pick. Yeah. Yeah. Jets. They were they were right against us at the weekend, but I'll yeah. Touch on Miami in a bit. Um, well, I'll mention it now. I'll, I'll probably cover it off again. Jets are one of those teams at the moment. If you've got half decent defense and something going on offense, you kind of always feel like you're not going to lose the game. And that must be really infuriating for Jets fans looking at it going, yeah, we're in it, but we're not. Um, yeah. And so, and and Salah's, you know, to compound it, I've just read on NFL.com, I think Salah's down with COVID now as well. So Somebody that's... said they got 15, they got 15 people out position. Yeah, so again, it could be another one of those sort of brown situations for the Jets. It, not that it really matters, and and certainly not at home to the Jags. So, um, yeah, no surprise. Yeah. I've, I've skipped over that one. Who do you fancy to win it? 
Uh, I, I take the Jets. I, I think, yeah, they, I mean, they looked okay. Like I said last weekend, I, you know, give them I, due credit. They... I think the Jags as well. I mean, I think I think the Jets have got Michael Carter back this week. I mean, I know he played some snaps last week, but it was definitely mm. limited. And um, yeah, uh, but but if he's fully back, they got their they, they'll have their run game going. And the, the, the Jag the Jags have got bigger problems as well. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? I think the Jags I think the Jags will want that first pick. Uh, that number one pick. I don't necessarily, well, obviously every, nobody's going to not want it, if you know what I mean. But I do think the Jets have actually, um, it's more important for the Jets to get things going, get some confidence going, get some performances under their belt, get some wins. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's nice to have the number one pick, but if you've got number two, number three, well, you know, it's still, it's still not bad. It doesn't make a great massive amount of difference. Well, it hasn't really this year, anyway. Not yet, anyway. Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. You can take take from that what you will. But well, I mean, um, the, Jag- the Jags are going into the draft for the first round pick, and they'd like a new head coach, please. So, yeah. um, you know, it's. Um, I mean, who didn't see that coming? I mean, yeah. Let's, let's not get started on. Um, no, not on that idea. On he who he who shall not be named. So, um, right. So, where we go next? Me, Bills at Patriots. Um, so uh, it was all about last time out for these two. So, yeah, I'm not really going to talk about that actual that game because I feel this is going to be completely different. And, yeah, it'd be pointless talking about the way that went because that was uh, a masterclass of play in the conditions. So that shouldn't come into it this week, um, hopefully. <laughs> Probably be playing the COVID. Um, but anyway, this uh, week 15 was a bit of a walk in the park for the Bills uh, against, uh, mentioned it earlier, this poor Panthers team, this this uh, mixture of what they're doing as well. It wasn't, I mean, you had Robbie Anderson taking Jets sweeps and I think he actually rushed a couple of times. I, I, it was all a little bit, it was just weird. He hadn't had any of this usage before. He saw the most amount of targets that he's had all year. Um, which is great for I've got a fair few shares of Robbie Anderson, so I was quite delighted about it. But yeah, I, I dumped I, all mine about six months, uh, six weeks yeah. ago. So uh, yeah, I was thrilled watching that. Was, uh, but it's the consistent, it's the consistency in the performance and what they are. I mean, and when you're talking about we're here meant to be analysing and looking at what teams are going to be doing this week and stuff like that, and you look at the pa- Panthers and you go, oh, are they just making it up as they go along? They sit on this before. I don't think I don't the front think they, office know. The, the coaching staff don't know who they're playing. So they haven't like, got oh, a book. They haven't they got a playbook. They need one. They, they, they check that out. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's just but so Co- straight. They've got they've got a coach by numbers book. I think they're <laughs> coloring it in as they go. But yeah, so so as for the Bills last week playing against them. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was just a, it was a difficult sort of game to, when I watched it back, a lot of the things that we probably predicted didn't happen. And a lot of the players where you thought, but but again, because there was so much randomness going on when Carolina had the ball, then, and not in a positive way. So it was just all a bit random. So, you know, the D, the DLs actually scored quite well. So um, top scored uh, FE 
Obada top scored. He got himself two sacks. And DB Tyron Johnson, he scored well. He got himself a sack as well. But really, looking at the points-wise, that was pretty much it to mention. I was expecting the Panthers to try and run the ball down the Bills' throat because the Bills have been struggling with the run game. And they chose not really to do it. They did it in bits, but again, just bizarre. But there we go. Um, this week, I expect the linebackers to be back in play for for the Bills because as we're talking about the Patriots, and we mentioned it earlier, Patriots met the Colts last week and both of the Colts linebackers scored particularly quite well. So you would expect the Bills to potentially do the same this week. So because the um uh it's going to be run it's, it's still going to be run heavy from the patriots i know it didn't really work last week but they will still stick to their normal game plan and they would just make sure that their o line does a better job um that's for that's i'm sure that's where bill will be concentrating on what he's doing and also he'll hope to have damien harris fit um they missed damien harris just just generally just for mixing it up um in the way that he runs um but but yeah, let's not go back on about that. Talking so talking about the Pats though, um, I mentioned earlier I lo- I loved last week's game and it didn't go to but it didn't go to plan for the Pats. Um, I mentioned obviously what they didn't not it was in comparison to the Colts, so they didn't really do a great deal wrong. I didn't feel I didn't feel at front they still they still seemed to kind of do their job. It was just I thought the the O line of the Colts was exceptional. Um, it's difficult, you know. You can criticise teams for playing badly, but then are you sure that they did? And in that case, I'm not sure they did. I think it just clicked really well for the Colts. They were moving together, they were doing things really well, and it just all paid off. Um, but other things went wrong for the Pats. Um, my boy Carl Duggar, he got ejected from the game. Um, <laughs> that was that was quite incredible. Um, Naughty Kyle. Naughty Kyle. Wow. Naughty Kyle. Yeah, no it, presents it, for you. Yeah, it was Pittman, wasn't it? It's was bloody Pittman. I don't like Pittman. Anyway, no, it, was, it was a bit. I, I don't like it. I really don't like him now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. But anyway, um, and also, so really, it was DB Devin McCourt. He, he scored over fifteen points, and everybody else was quite a way ender. To be fair, um, so it was a real quiet IDP week for the Pats, and it's something that they're not used to. So. How I see it going this week, um, I'm going to go Bills, but I want it to be the Pats, obviously. Um, but yeah, I ju- I just think that I think the players to highlight in this game, the obvious ones would be, you would definitely go Milano and Edmonds, the linebackers from the Bills, um, but from the Pats. I would go. I would go Duggar and J.C. Jackson again. I would stick to that. I would stick to mm. what I would do against the Bills and say, you know, there's going to be still high usage to Diggs and um, uh, um, what's his name, Dawson Knox, um, mm. players like players like that. I think they're missing uh, Cole Beasley's. I I've heard, um, but they'll just give it to Gabriel Davis, I expect who else or fill in like they will, but they'll still use those, they'll rotate through them. So I expect still, and if, if there is a bit of pressure that gets put on Josh Allen, you never know. But yeah, that would be my call. I would go linebackers from the Bills and um, yeah, yeah, Duggar and JC Jackson for, for the Pats, but I am going Bills. Yeah, I'm going to as well, actually. Um, 
partly because I agree with pretty much everything you've said and partly because a Bills win actually benefits Miami in the slim, slim, very slim hunt for a wild card spot. Um, But Josh, I've been critical of him at various stages this season, but he seemed to be, seemed to have his rhythm back, um, was moving around well. Um, they nice got, to have a I'm nice rest as well. Athletes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, it did and, feel like that in stages. It just felt like they were just walking around a bit of training. But, um, so, um, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the... I think it'll be tough. It's going to be close. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I know I don't want to keep going on about it, but I do, I do, they do, I do really love watching the Pats and whoever they come up against because it, yeah. it becomes a real it becomes a tactical battle. Watching Bill Belichick games against any any of the games that you see against Bill Belichick in the past as well, that's the tactical element that comes into it. That's that's like the sick part of the game where you go, you know, it's, it's the great part, but it's also, you know, not necessarily the sexiest part of the game to say, oh, yeah, let's watch these two neutralise each other. But, yeah. you know. Well, I've I spent too, too many years watching non-sexy football win things <laughs> in the AFC East so I think we'll kill that one there so on that note yeah I'm definitely going for the Bills um, so right um, Rams at Vikings I've got you Rams at Vikings yeah um, you may notice that I have as I said tonight I am skipping over the Bears at the Seahawks um, again for similar reasons I, there's there's not a lot there uh, for me Seahawks who I'll touch on uh, need your fantasy to win that one I really don't know. I, don't, I mean, yeah, we agreed we'd take it. I mean, the Seahawks look like they've got some some serious issues and not just on the field. It's just like they, they've lost. They don't seem to know what they're doing. Um, you know, Russ Wilson dropped back a couple of times and um, had sort of passes that you kind of expect him to make and he didn't. Um, you know, he took that one beat too long and he go, why aren't you, you know, I'd expect you to make that sort of nine times out of ten. Uh, the Bears, Justin Fields under yeah, the offense isn't great. Um, I don't know. I mean, that it's, for me, and part of the reason I skipped over it is there isn't for me a lot of sort of you know a lot to talk about on the IDP side. Um, mm. It is a it for me to be honest, mate. It's a real toss of the coin game. It's one of those. Yeah. Where you, it's about the only game that I would look at down the list now and go. I kind of don't care. I'm not really invested or interested in either wish, of these teams. I wish I was uh, the same. But obviously go I've got I've got Russell Wilson. I've got a big share in Russell Wilson going into our home league and he's well, I, hope, I was hoping we get through the entire you know pod without a Russell Wilson rant, but go on. I just, we're, we're on uh, it. We're on it now. So. <laughs> it's so gonna be so difficult because I've picked the Seahawks to win, but I know why I'm picking them, because I'm hoping the how that they will. But the fact is the fact is I don't know, like you said. I mean, it's two really badly. Uh, he's, mi- he's missed Lockett. I mean, I mean that was the thing. Lockett's I mean, back. I, yeah, Lockett's back. Yeah, so Lockett's back. So what I was highlighting was the fact that there was at least one pass. I think most of the pundits highlighted as well, where he did take a step back, and DJ Metcalf's gone. Yeah, and you just think, and he sort of lollipopped it over, and you go, you know, Russell, 
just there didn't seem to be the confidence there in that throw and you go and it was batted away and you go that's kind of what's wrong with the Seahawks at the moment you get that right and you're a potent offense again but yeah I, I feel like I feel like the DK Metcalf, I mean, again, we're going really off, off key, but um, the, the DK Metcalf usage has been quite interesting this year. I mean, everybody picks him up as a top wide receiver one, and he's been outplayed and out um, targeted by by Lockett. And Lockett is now classed as the, you know, he's the go-to guy that Russ, yeah. Russ targets. And it's not just, it, that's red zone as well. And that's, you know, I... I DK Metcalf sometimes he gets used like uh, for me sometimes gets used like like Kyle Pitts does you know like this kind of big tight end kind of guy rather than more the wide receiver because the slot stuff he's not really getting bits and bobs but not much not enough to not enough to give you a wide receiver one in PPR to go hang on a minute he's you know he's not like Keenan Allen and, and especially when Lockett Lockett's getting seven receptions and. Metcalf hadn't even got one yet at half time and stuff. And you yeah, go, I, I think Lockett, Lockett's that, that that sort of Russ Wilson, you know, let me get under your safety blanket, you know. Let but Metcalf, Metcalf done a bit of everything last year and the year before, and this year yeah. just yeah. seems to be. I don't know what's quite good, but that that's, that's why rough. I understand. I mean, I I had lot. Uh, I had Tyler Lockett in one of a home lease quite early on in the season. I did trade him away, but you know, to me, I'm sort of restructuring. Yeah, okay, let's not sort, but. Metcalf was the one going off the board in all the, you know, and I kind of got that and that made sense early in the season. And then Russ has sort of dropped back into this, I don't know, this, again, like a bit of a safety blanket going, well, if I haven't got Tyler, I'm a, a bit, you know, I don't really want to sort of gamble on anyone. It, I don't know, weird. But it is weird. And, and then when you things flip, going on in Seattle. But when you flip it over to the Bears, again, it's like, I mean, I watched Justin Fields and I, I've got no... For me, he's the he's my ever quarterback. He's my he's my he's one of my well, he's my rookie QB. Same as Zach Wilson that are on my bench. But I'm going to keep Justin Fields because I still think Justin Fields is going to be a QB one because he's got that rushing upside and he's got but and he shows real glimpses of it now and again. You go, wow, there's some really good stuff there. But then and then. I don't know. And then it's like that they're not letting him. I don't know whether, I don't know who's, who's calling the shots and, you know, he, whether he's being told I, not I mean, to run. The, on, the only thing, or... I, the only thing I would say about these two teams is I'll be very intrigued to see what happens with the coaching staff in the off season for, and for different reasons as well. Yeah. I mean, the bears are, I think for me, the bears are poorly coached. Um, and I can see a change there. I'm surprised it hasn't come already, but, um, and then you've got that, the age-old power struggle, sort of, you know, Pete Carroll and, and sort of Russ, and so I think, yeah, it could be, could be interesting. But anyway, like you say, we are getting off piste, and yeah, I, I will go with the Seahawks because I'm gonna, the Bears are the Bears are I'm, too banged up on defense for a yeah. kickoff, um, and it's at Seattle, where yeah. I just think, so. I just think, I just think there's a chance as well that I, that the, you know, a lot of, I hold up for it. The matchup's particularly good for Russ, and if he has got everybody back, there's got to be a game where surely that. They just say, oh, sorry, you know, you can start airing it out and go for it. I mean, if yeah. oh, I don't know, not? maybe not. nothing to lose now. Yeah. They're not making it. <laughs> just say, sod it. Pete just says, sod it. We're going to let Nath win his fantasy title. And then you've got to time rest. Let Nath cook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I'm awful. 
<laughs> that's why we're sending out tonight. Um, so, right, am I cracking on with Rams at the Vikings? Yes. Yes, right. So, just for a bit of fun. Um, you do it. You so do Nate said last week he was finding it too hard talking about his Vikings every week, so I'm stuck with them this week. Um, but I've got to be honest, that's fine. Um you know, I've said sort of. Well, I did say last pod. You know, they might have learned from a few close games they've had, and they might just start to come good at the right sort of time in the season. I also said they beat the Bears, despite Nate being a bit sort of, you know, mm. um, and they did. You know, and by some Christmas miracle, it wasn't in overtime. It wasn't last kick of the game. Um, it was a comfortable win. Was it a good game? No. No. Well, let's be honest, it, it was pretty poor. But, but yeah, to be honest, but, but as a, if I were a Vikes fan, I'd kind of take that at the moment. I'd that's go, what you know we what? used to. That's what I'll we used a, to. I'll have a nice, doer, comfortable win. And, you know, we can just go about our Sunday and, you know, be quite happy. So, um, anyway, another big surprise would be in the Vikings' top performer, <laughs> who was Mr. DJ Wonham. 41 and a half points. Um, anyone who backed that, fair play, will give you a job. <laughs> if, you started, <laughs> if you started him in your playoffs, fair play. You are you've got, tough. You've got you've big got be, old... You've, you've got to be laughing or you're in the poo bowl like I was in our home league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just to put that in context, by week 11, and he did play in every game, he'd only racked up 39 and a half points after 11 weeks, right? This is how mad this season is at the moment. So, um, but to be fair, I will say he did score well in weeks 12 and 13. Um, but Sunday was off the chart. Three sacks, four QB hits, uh, two tackles for a loss, one forced fumble. And he's now joint sack leader with the Vikings on six, uh, for the Vikings on six. Joint with Daniil Hunter, to be fair, again, to put it in context, Daniil Hunter got those six sacks in the first seven games before the injury. So, again, let's try and be sensible. Yeah. So, with that in mind, would I pick him up this week for this matchup? No. Um, three sacks against rookie Justin Fields, who, and we've already talked about the Bears briefly, is one thing. Um, there's no way he's going to replicate that this week against you know, Matt Stafford and this sort of Rams team. Um, elsewhere for the Vikes, briefly, another DL... Um, Richardson yeah, picked up 16 points, forced fumble, uh, one recovery. And Mr. Kendricks at linebacker picked up his sort of, you know, slow week for him, uh, 13 points. Um, and finally at DB, someone who Nath's highlighted once or twice, uh, Mr. Cam Dantzler. Um, again, you know, only 13 points, but, you know, he had a forced fumble. And, you know, we we, we sort of quite like Cam. So um, moving over to the Rams. Uh, 2010 win last night over the Seahawks. Um, these notes might be a bit of a mess because I had to do them today because the schedule's moved all over the place. But anyway, so win over the Seahawks, uh, go 10-4, level with the cards in the NFC West. Defence played well, albeit, again, we've touched on the Seahawks, You know, clearly aside with a few problems. Top performers, Von Miller um, had probably, well, definitely his best day for his new-ish team. Uh, 22 and a half points, including a sack. Mr. Donald picked up his um, mandatory sort of um, sack, 11th of the season, got 20 points. And uh, Ernest Jones, 16 and a half. Leonard Floyd, 15 and a half. Uh, a DB's, well, 
Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, um, they all had decent games. You know, defense generally, you know, put up some points. In terms of the matchup, and this is a funny one, and I, I'm quite glad Nathan bounced this one over to me. I like the Vikings, and I've said this to Nathan before. You know, they've been fun for the neutral, um, good to watch. You know, they are they they're currently in the playoff picture. You know, number seven now. So, um, but they've done it with a defense that's currently ranked 29th against a pass and 27th against a run. Um, so, and then on the flip side, you have got the Rams, who are 10 and four. I'm still a bit sketchy on. I don't, they still don't instill me with that confidence. They're going to go out and do it every week. So, um, but the Rams, to be fair, they're going to be facing a better offense uh, this week in the Vikings uh, rather than the sort of lackluster performance of the Seahawks. I don't see, you know, the sort of scores in IDP for the Rams this week. We've, we've just seen. Um, And, you know, as always with the Rams, the offense, uh, sorry, the defense, you know, if you're looking to pick someone up outside of Von Miller, there's not much out there on waivers, so you're kind of playing safe. Um, but, you know, I do expect it to be a, a more competitive game, you know, than both teams had in week 15. So um, playing safe, looking at tackle numbers, um, safe bets for the Rams, Aaron Donald, obviously. Um, I suppose the key question is, and I've touched on it, the one player you might be able to pick up on waivers is Von Miller. Would I take a punt on him this week? If I was short a DL, I might, because you can, again, he's one of those sort of LBs that you can slot in there. Um, for me, he does look like he's settled in a bit better now in the Rams team. Um, you know, there's a good chance. If you are short a DL and you can get him, yeah, I probably would slot him in, actually, to be honest. Um, there's a good chance he, you know, he goes for double figures this week, but... Don't expect anything like you know the score he put up sort of last weekend. Uh, DB wise, Jordan Fuller's due back from COVID, so again his tackle record speaks for itself. Taylor Rapp still a solid pick for me. Again, you know, um, seventy three tackles on the season, three picks, and yeah, to be honest, Troy Reed is still the you know the pick of the bunch at LB. So um, the Vikings, like the Rams. To be honest, the main picks are easy, um, but they're all going to be rostered. Linebacker Eric Kendricks, uh, like Donald's for the Rams, he's nailed on 127 sack tackles this season, five sacks, two picks, blah, blah, blah. Don't need to talk about him. Um, the key area for me this week is going to be in the, in the secondary. Um, the DBs for me will have to try and minimise Cooper Cup um, because, all right, albeit against a, a mediocre Seattle team, but again, he just showed what a key player he is. Um, and, you know, obviously that means safeties, Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, you know, the safe picks because they're the tackle numbers. They're going to be dropped, you know, going to be there or thereabouts, going to be busy. Um, but if Mike Zimmer and the team can do a job on Cup, force Stafford to throw somewhere else. And I know, you know, everyone's going to bang on about OBJ, but um, so um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind taking a punt on Cam Dantzler this week. To be honest, if I if I did have to pick anyone on either side of the ball, um, if they can do a bit of a number on Cup, if they can put some pressure on him, try and they're not going to take him out of the game. But um, and especially following and Nathan may have a, a brief word about this, but um, you know the fallout from their their top corner this weekend, Sharbrilland, um, um, you know, which was a bit out of left field, but mm. the guy got a bit of previous. Um, 
yeah, if I had to take a punt anywhere, it might be on on Dantzler. Um So, yeah. summing the game up again, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I know it's a bit out there. I've just got a hunch. I still think the Rams have got a wobble in them. I still think the Vikings are decent on defense. I don't think statistically that those defensive numbers I've looked at for the Vikings are necessarily. I don't think they paint a, you know, the whole picture of what the Vikings have been this season. They've been in lots of games that they should have won. Um, the Rams yeah. possibly will win it, but I just think, you know, the, the Rams for me, as I said, I'm still just a little sketchy on. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you a little bit on it. I, I think that the Vikings, I think we've just the way we've played offensively is, is been, you know, that's the driving force really from our side of things is the fact that we, you know, we, we've constantly scored. So we're never, we're never often out of the game. And that that's been the difference in previous years. So teams have always got to play. They've got to play well four quarters, pretty much. That's what it seems to have been like for teams that are playing against us. Um, uh, and that's that, like you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said Ram. The Rams are a very interesting side because, for me, like you said, they do rely so much on cut, and it's it it's it worries. I often worry about their plan B as such. You know, Cup does so much that the thing is, is if he's out or if he's not hundred percent or if he's having an off day, does that does that neutralize everything? I'm sure it. I'm sure it doesn't. But it is a question to ask. When you've got one player on the team that is that dominant, it, it always it will always. I don't think there'll be anybody. I, say, I mean, I mean, you've you've got OBJ in the lineup now, and it, and he's he's yeah. played all right. But then outside of that, you go well, who? Uh, what they've got uh, Jefferson, is it? It'd be sort Van of Jefferson. Yeah. Um Sonny Michelle has, has sort of turned up and, and sort of yeah. done okay, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just... mean it, I agree. I just think it's the it's just the fact in this kind of game as well, where you you know, it is gonna be I, I think unless they stop the Vikings, but that's where that's where nobody really has done a great job. Of stopping the Vikings, you know what I mean. They, we've lost games this year. We've lost games more than teams have sort of beaten us from that yeah. point of view, and that's that's where the Rams have got to be. You know, they've got to be on it. So it'd be it'd be interesting. I I, I mean, the Rams are still favourites, but but for me, yeah, it's but, one of those games where you go, and it's it's also one of those matchups. I mean, we you've already covered off sort of the the Colts and the Cards. I mean, you've got the the Cards and and the Rams sort of you know level peg in. And I could see a, a weekend as mad as this season is, where they both cock it up, yeah, and, and oh, lose yeah. the game. <laughs> Just go. I but mean, the cards, are, the cards are doing it already, and I mean they, they've gone a they've gone a little bit, you know, D hops out, and I mean it, it does look to me that they just. I don't know. Kyler's not fully, or maybe he's not fully fit. I don't know quite what's going on. Obviously, mm. Edmonds has been out, and now he's back. But I don't know. Just all a bit. It just it, yeah. The Rams are in a better place anyway. It just it's just when you're reliant when you are reliant on one man so much, then you will, people will ask questions. But right. Yeah. So going on from there, I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna go I will go Rams because I, I believe I believe they'll win it, but it wouldn't be the biggest shot, put it that way. Yeah. Um 
So we've touched, we've done the Bears and Seahawks, like we said. We're skipping that one. And Steelers at Chiefs. I'm skipping. Big game for me to skip, really, when it comes to the defensive side of things. Um, I'll just say one thing. Obviously, I made reference to Nick Bolton um, not being just not being the lead linebacker. And then he puts together one hell of a week. Um, I can think he had 14, 16 tackles or whatever it was. 14 tackles, I think it was. Um, and he was absolutely all over the place. So um, I just didn't think when Willie Gay came back, he had a couple of weeks where his snap count was down. Maybe he had a knock and it wasn't well publicised. I don't really know. But he um, he's back. He's, he's back racking up the tackles again. He had an absolute outstanding week. So Nick Bolton's definitely in the mix. The only thing I would say about him is he has had those odd weeks now where he didn't have the same snap percentage and that, you know, it, it might not be down to injury. I don't know. It might be just the fact that he's a rookie and they're limited and, and they've got other linebackers coming back in, but he's not, he's not down that. I never said to get rid of him anyway. I just said to, to potentially bench him, whether he was a star or not. Um, but he definitely seems to be back in the mix. And I would expect him to be certainly playing majority of snaps this week after that performance. The Chiefs, if the Chiefs are, Chiefs are fully fit, which sounds like they're not going to be because COVID has yeah. absolutely swept through them. If they are, I think they win and they win comfortably. If they're not, then, well, it depends on how much. But I, I know Butner's already out now. The kicker, they've just announced that, again, which tells you that he's probably not vaccinated. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on all the others. Um, but, yeah, that that's one of the reasons for not doing it as well. Because I thought, you know, we might not end up with any of the players that we say might not even be on the bloody field by the end of this week, by the looks of it. So, so yeah, we're going to skip over that one. I'm saying the Chiefs still win it. But, I don't know. Do you want to call it, Bren, or should we just... Chiefs. Cra- yeah, well, just go, yeah. go, go, Chiefs. Uh, are, are you doing that? Just bear with me one second, mate. I've got one of the door, the dog scratching at the door. One second. I'll go. I'll go on and do the Washington. So I'll do Washington football team at Cowboys. Um, Washington, as mentioned uh, earlier on, uh, they they didn't have a great week, greatest of games against the Eagles in Week 15 defensively, but they done okay. But Miles Sanders did exploit them. Um, and Goddard find too much space in a pretty soft secondary, which is concerning as they're coming up uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, I worry, I worry for them here as they struggled offensively against the Eagles and really couldn't put too much together. Um, and coming up against the Cowboys, D, uh, it's going to be wishing them all the best from me. Um, IDP points wise for from Week 15 for Washington was as follows: Landon Collins top score with 20 points. Um, six tackles, an interception, and a fumble recovery. So he had a pretty decent game um, points-wise. Um, I'm not a massive fo- fan of Landon Collins. Find him, find him often out of position. Um, but but he he scored well. So he's one of these kind of safeties that um, he's getting he's getting getting involved in every stage of the game at the moment. So he's potentially a quite a good starter if you have got Landon Collins. Um, another player is Jonathan Allen. He scored 19.50 ta- um, points. That included seven tackles and a sack. I mean, the things to count on Jonathan Allen is constantly these tackle numbers. He will probably be in for maybe not quite the same um, dose of run game, but it will, soon, it will sure be heavy because um, Dallas are running the ball through Zeke, um, uh, Pollard and uh, Clement as well. 
So all three of them were were involved la- uh, last week, and uh, I expect them to to be again um, in this one. So Jonathan Allen is a very good start in this one. Hol- um, Cole Holcomb is why he led the tackle count with ten. So again, it, those those three, I would I would start, and I would start Landon Collins now. He um, he's one of these players that, like I said, I don't particularly like him from an actual uh, football perspective. Um, he's not the player that he was, but he, um, he he certainly he certainly gets involved, and he, he's worth he's worth a start if uh, if you can. Um, over to the Cowboys, and as mentioned previously, they beat the Giants in what was quite a one-sided affair, really, with not without really lighting it all up. Um, so I'm not really going to go too much into them um, because it was it was a funny it was a funny game sort of points wise they didn't have to do too much actually the dbs did it um this time um but just going i'm not going to talk really too much about that actual game because i've already kind of covered it off this one i would look to start the lot i i'd look to start demarcus lawrence mika parsons trevon diggs jason um yeah, curse. Start curse as well. He's another one you can start. Jaron Curse. Um, yeah, I mean that up front, up front, and the DBs against Washington. They they scored big points last time out against Washington, and I can't see why they wouldn't this time. I don't even know whether um, who's going to be at QB for Washington, but it doesn't really make much difference. Um, I, I I think that there's some big points for the Dallas D, and I think it could happen again here. I really do. Um, I'm going to Dallas to win it. Um, I mentioned those three players from Washington that are all in play, um, and and that bunch from Dallas. I think I think they could be they could be top of the tree this week. Uh, I'm going to Dallas to win. What do you reckon, Brent? Yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, first of all, apologies for that. But as Nathan will tell you, I've got sort of two huskies. So if you've got one scratching at the door. You either go and let them in, or the door comes off. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I caught them. Caught most of that. So, apologies, guys. Um, See, when I, we I, mi- we missed the Broncos at Raiders as well. So you have just got to just scroll over that. Yeah. So I'll I'll sc- scroll back to that. Um, yeah, I'm complete copy and paste what Nate said. Um, Cowboys win. Washington, I think, have dropped off. Cowboys need to put their foot on the gas a bit because Philly are, you know, they're not breathing down their necks, but you know, they're sort of there or thereabouts. But. Um, yeah, it was one I was a bit torn about, actually. I was either going to skip this one or the Rams sort of Vikings game, and I, I couldn't do that to Nathan, to be honest. I, I thought I'd quite enjoy taking on the Vikings this week. So, um, But the Broncos <laughs> Raiders, I, I still think, despite the win, the Raiders, they beat up on a team that were, I think, did quite well, you know, given all the injuries uh, or COVID afflictions or, or whatever. Um, I still think the Raiders are, are done for the season. Broncos again you know drew lock playing um it's just one of those games yeah just been named the star yeah so drew lock's gonna play um to be honest with drew lock playing i'm a bit torn because i'm thinking he's i think he's a poor quarterback but i think the broncos got a decent d especially the secondary which i've highlighted in you know weeks past uh the raiders could turn up i don't i don't think they will um so if i was forced i'd 
probably go with the Broncos win. But again, just two teams that are a bit all over the shop at the moment. So again, trying to drill down into it and pick, you know, consistent performers. Um, yeah, difficult for me at the moment with those two. Um, I don't know, you know, what you think about it, but I just a couple of teams that I think have kind of lost their way a little bit at the moment. But yeah, they're still I, both there or thereabouts. But um, I like I like the Broncos. I do like the Broncos, especially the defense um, and their run game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think they're a, I think I think they're a decent outfit, and I think they've got a a bit of a platform to work on. Like you said, the Raiders for me, I think the season's not done, but it, it's, 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 it was probably I, done I, I a think while ago. mathematically, like I touched on last week, I think mathematically they're still in it. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think I, don't, think, I don't think their heads are in it collectively. I think it's quite a big get. I, if I, I need to check on it because I haven't, I haven't looked into the actual yeah. Raiders and Broncos actual game, but that, that could potentially have some ramifications, that game. Oh, I don't... It's, they're, they're, I think they're both what seven, both seven and seven. I think something like, something yeah. like that. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was like I said, I was a bit torn, but I just thought, yeah, the Rams Vikings game was you know maybe a bit more sort of fun to talk about. So yeah, um, I don't, a few I don't more sort of certainties in in that game rather than the Broncos Raiders. We go, yeah, well this might happen and that could happen. Yeah, and, I could see the Broncos I mean. Broncos um, Raiders. You know, the linebackers are probably score okay, okay from the Raiders side of things like they usually do. Um, and then Simmons are do all okay at DB for maybe a couple of sacks up front. But but nothing that's going to be, yeah, there won't be nothing. I, I would be shocked to see those guys from either I mean, team at the top of the tree. I mean, if we were going to do a quick take on it, then you'd probably go, you know, well... Yeah, what Max Crosby for the and linebackers et al for the Raiders and the Broncos secondary. So that's kind of it, I think. Potentially, uh, potentially. Yeah. Um, okay. So where are you Monday, your Monday night, your game. This is it. Is this the final one? Yeah. So, right. God, I don't want to do this one. I really don't. Um, Dolphins at the Saints. So clutch game Monday night. I'm not looking forward to stay. I am staying up for it, but I'm not looking forward to it. So, uh, both at seven and seven, uh, both desperately trying to sort of fight for a postseason sort of um, pitch. But Saints, let's kick off with them. So, crucial win over the Bucks um, and a scoreline that, let's be honest, wouldn't have looked out of place in Scottish Football League. Um, but to be fair, they did an absolute number on Brady, uh, four sacks. So, Cam Jordan at DL. 31 and a half points, two of those sacks. Um, David Onyemata, 19 points, uh, another one of those sacks. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson had 19 points. Marcus Davenport, 18 and a half, the fourth of those sacks. Mario Davis, Marshall Lattimore, both went over 15 points as well. It was a good day for you know, the Saints' D, definitely. Um, Dolphins... Coming off the back of that 31-24 win over the Jets, um, last home game of the season. To be honest, despite the, the scoreline, I, I touched on it earlier, I I didn't really think we were ever out of the game, really, despite Tua lobbing around a couple of stupid picks. Um, you know, I just felt the defence in particular, there was an element of sort of control in the game. Um, maybe that says a bit more about the Jets' offence, I don't know. But uh, top performers... My man, as usual, Jerome Baker, 29 points, a couple of sacks. Um, a DL, someone I've suggested picking up recently, 
Christian Wilkins had another good day, uh, 22 points. Plus, and I've got to throw this in there, a great receiving touchdown and a fantastic celebration afterwards. Although how the fans lobbed him out of the crowd afterwards because he's wearing weighing what you know three hundred and forty pounds or something. Uh, Manuel Ogba twenty points, including another sack. Uh, Brandon Jones was probably the standout DB, you know, with eighteen points and another sack. So the matchup for me is probably all about the defense. It's a great defensive matchup. Um, two good good run defenses, but. I think both teams will still try and get the ball down and run it. Miami are crap at it, but they'll try it anyway. Um, the Dolphins' top five run defense based on the last three games. We've only averaged 85 yards per game. Uh, the Saints have a better running game, so you know they will try and pound the grounds a bit more. So the DLs and linebackers uh, for Miami have got to be in play. Jerome Baker, okay, he's a gimme, so after that. I would still, in this matchup, look at, and he's still on waivers, Christian Wilkins. Um, he's got 64 tackles, three sacks this season, and I think I've got a sneaky feeling he, he has another decent sort of day of it on Monday night. Um, at DB, if I was going to take a punt on anyone, I'd look at safety Brandon Jones. Um, he is out there on waivers. He's bounced back uh, from a couple of games out with this elbow injury. Um, had 18 points, as I say, on Sunday. Um, prior to that, you know, he scored pretty well and pretty consistently since week eight against the Bills. So, um, yeah, you could go for Xavier Howard's, um, you know, waiting on a, t- uh, a Taysom Hill pick, but it could happen. But, you know, with 60 tackles um, and, you know, four sacks off 12 games, I just think Jones is is a safer pick in this game. I don't see Taysom's not going to start lobbing it around. If he does, it could go bloody anywhere. But, the Saints aren't going to let him do that. So um, in terms of the Saints, um, yeah, as I say, Miami will try and run it, but they're, they're crap at it. Um, but they do currently have better passing options than the Saints. Um, the problem is a few things I saw from Tour on Sunday that worry me. The two picks aside, which were, well, one in particular was pretty poor. Um, there were several throws that were really forced over the middle. Um, two of them were tipped, could have gone anywhere. Um, so for me, mm. for the Saints this week, I mean, the linebackers have got to come in. Um, Demario Davis is a must, especially with 95 tackles on the season already. Um, and at DB, I, I would go with safety, you know, Malcolm Jenkins. I'm, I just think, you know, he's got, you know, he's available on a couple of waiver posts. Um, the other Saints sort of top tackler, Marcus Williams, um, I mean, to be honest, my main tip in terms of the Saints, and I have mentioned the guy before, would be in this game, corner Marshawn Lattimore. Um, he had 15 points on Sunday, 64 points in the last four weeks. And bearing in mind, you know, what I've highlighted with Tua, you know, Lattimore has 18 passes defended on the season and a couple of picks to boot. Um, I don't think Miami will get the grand game running against the Saints, not effectively. They're not good enough. Um, and I think. I've got a sneaky feeling Marshall Lattimore is going to be a real pain in the ass on Monday night. <laughs> I could be wrong, but Tua just, he, he's, he was so consistent in the last sort of four weeks. And then I saw him kind of revert to type a little bit and those forced throws, you know, just forcing it over the middle, tip passes. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, 
the Saints, the L's, yeah, I know they had a good day on Sunday. And, you know, regular listeners will know I'm no great fan of the Dolphins O-line, but two has only taken 13 sacks this season. I wouldn't be banking on Saints to, because two will throw it away. This is why yeah. we're one of those notorious three. And it drives me nuts. Nathan will tell you, you know, even if I'm not watching the game, if I'm in bed at the middle of the night, I'm watching it on my phone going, right. And within minutes, we've gone from first and 10 to punting it away. And well, it's three and out again, because that's what two will do. If he's not comfortable with it, he'll bin it. He won't take the sack. He's not a Russ Wilson. He's not one of those quarterbacks. No. Um, so, um, so yeah, I would I would swerve the the Saints or DLs this week, but um, uh, yeah, I mean the only tip really, I mean yeah, Christian Wilkins if you can pick him up, Marshall Lattimore, I think I've got a horrible feeling he's going to be a, a bit of a problem for us on Monday. Summing the game up, I don't, I really, I can't call it. Um, mm. My heart says Finns, my head says at home. Saints defense, they, they, our defense is, is sort of competent. We have got Jalen Waddle and Jevon Holland coming back this Monday, so um, that's as it stands at the moment. So I'd, I'd love to think the Dolphins win it, and they could, to be honest. Um, but I think it's going to be an awfully tight game. Oh, I've got such a problem here. It's difficult. It's difficult with me looking at this game because. Um, like I said, I've got Russell Wilson, but I've also got Taysom Hill. So I don't know who to start in this one. It's a real interesting one. Well, I think the key thing from that is I looked at the figures and Miami's run defense was, and it was my major criticism back in the summer. Is that they, couldn't, they couldn't stop the run. But I think in the last three games, they're only given up, I think I might have mentioned it, but something like 80, 85 yards average yeah. in the last three games. So... They they figured out a way of doing it, yeah. Mm, but Taysom, Taysom, and, and but then you've got Taysom and Kamara sort of working in tandem, and you go, can we come up with a game plan for that? Don't know, don't know. The well, trouble I mean, is t- once they once they break through, they're gone. Even the Jets managed to do it a couple of times on Sunday. So Taysom's in for goal line work, though, isn't he? That's what you want. You want him to, you know, if, you, if you're going to pick him, it's just wondering whether. It'll go down that it'll go down that route, or whether it'll be um, it'll be a low-scoring game or not. It could be a low-scoring game. That's what worries me slightly about about this one. The only thing is, I don't know. I don't know. I have to wait and see. I have to wait and see. Um, I'm going to go for. I think I think the Saints. I've got the Saints to win it. I was impressed by their game management at the weekend, um, and that that for me. I don't know whether they've just gone into that sort of... They might just go into their shell. That worries me from a fantasy perspective with somebody like Taysom Hill because if they do, they could actually just grind the hell out of the game and just win it on one or two plays. You know what I mean? And that that could be the sort of game plan that they go for, keep it tight and win it. It, it is, and, and that's, that's the problem because you could end up with sort of Taysom just tucking and running and playing safe. Yeah. And you could end up with Tua doing exactly the same in the passing game. Yeah, just short sort of five yard throws. Yeah, you know, out out wide and and over the middle and just grinding out. It, it yeah, it could be a really awful game to watch, and I can't believe I'm going to spend my Christmas sort of Monday night <laughs> <laughs> staying up to watch it. 
I know, I know. But what a call, what a call, go. though. What a call, fantasy playoff-wise. But you know, well, well, we haven't we haven't got to discuss that offense side of things. So thank God, at no, least no, no. leave that to the other lads. Um, right. So yeah, that's that's it from us, really. So good luck in your playoff semis and finals and wherever you are, toilet bowl matchups, whatever you're in. Good luck in them. Um, remember to have one eye on week 17 if you're in a semi and you fancy that chances in the final. So have a look, keep an eye on who you're playing in the final before you um, throw all your uh, your players that you need for that week away. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much it. I'm off to check if any more Amazon packages have turned up. Hopefully not. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Uh, see you next week. Have a great Christmas and remember, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.